because it is reiterated over and over. Look at some of these with me. Exodus 31, 15. For six days work may be done, but the seventh day is a Sabbath of complete rest. Holy to the Lord. Whoever does any work on the Sabbath day must surely be put to death. That would be a little bit of a controlling factor, don't you think? Exodus 34, 21. Six days you shall labor, but on the seventh day you shall rest. Even in the seasons of plowing and harvesting, you must rest. I know every farmer just cringed, right? Exodus 35, 2. For six days work may be done, but the seventh day shall be your holy day, a Sabbath of complete rest to the Lord. Whoever does any work on that day must be put to death. Oop, there it is again. Leviticus 23, 3. For six days work may be done, but the seventh day is a Sabbath of complete rest, a day of sacred assembly. You must not do any work wherever you live. It is a Sabbath to the Lord. Okay. Now, I'm just going to ask a simple little question, see if we're trekking on the same page. How many days consecutively are you supposed to work with, that's the limit of what you're supposed to do before you take a break? Some of y'all are waiting. That's tough. I don't remember. Six days. You may be looking at that and saying, well, you know, pastor, that's Old Testament stuff. Yeah, but it's in the Ten Commandments. So I want you to stop and consider. If it's in the Ten Commandments, as a Christian, do you still believe that it is wrong to worship an idol? Yeah. Is it still wrong to use the Lord's name in vain? I think we should put that out there a little bit more because there's a lot of Christians getting pretty loose with God's name. Hey, it's wrong to use the Lord's name in vain. Now, I know the answer to the murder part. We have several law enforcement or ex-law enforcement that know exactly what would happen if you murder, right? But how about like, committing adultery? Still wrong? That's another memo the church needs to get a hold of. It's still wrong. Uh, stealing? Lying? Coveting, or as we know it more nowadays, greed. Are those things still wrong? Yes. As a Christian, do we believe you should abide by the Ten Commandments? Yes. So how come we take commandment number four and we just sort of sit it off to the side and discard it as if it's not a valid commandment or expectation for us as children of God? I know we're not Jews. I know we're not under the law of Moses, but hey, before it was a law, it was a promise, a promise. Genesis 2, 2, by the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Stop there for just a moment. He rested from all of his work. So uh, how do you process that? Do you see God up there? He creates the heavens and the earth. I mean, good grief. He did a lot of work in six days. Wow. So did, on the seventh day, what did he do? Did he just like, I'm exhausted. That was work. Did he fall back in a cloud like a recliner and pop his feet up and go, man, I'm just going to have to chillax here for a little while because that was exhausting. No. God doesn't get tired. 
God doesn't get tired. So what, what, what exactly was he rested from all of his work? If you really look at it closely, he stopped. He ceased. And, and, and I think it would be well for every one of us to consider what in essence happened there is he stopped and he admired and enjoyed his accomplishment. And then we finish the passage with, then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy. Now, I don't know what you were taught or what your expectations are of the word holy. But listen, when God makes something holy, that means he makes it his. It's, it's, it's perfect. You don't need to mess with it. You just need to abide by it. He made that rest holy. Now we need to get that somehow into our spirit and just honor what he did. I think one of the things that we tend to do is we tend to say, yeah, but <laughs> he finished his work and he rested. If I ever get my work finished, I'll rest. How many of you know that you, you, you will work till you die because you got that many things on your plate? Yeah. Most, most people have, you know, this week and then next week and the next week and it's just one goes into the other. But the reality of it is, is whether, you know, you've got, let's say you're my age and you've been working forever and ever and ever. The end of the story is, is there still a seventh day in every one of those weeks? There's a seventh day. And that day is supposed to be a day of rest, a day that's holy, a day that you don't mess with it, you acknowledge it. You, you do as God has wanted you and asked you to do. And so here's the thing. If at the end of six days, God rested and enjoyed and, and, and admired what he had created, how much more important do you think it would be for you and me when we know come day eight or the first all over again, that we're going to start all, all over, how much more important it would be for you and I to stop and rest, catch our breath, to look back at the week behind us and see what we did. See, I think we, we have allowed society to misconstrue the whole concept of labor and rest. And so I really want to, I want to focus your attention on both of them for a moment, starting with the subject of labor. Labor is a blessing, a blessing. God has given you and me the ability to work. He has given us the ability to earn income. He has given us the ability to go and exchange labor for income so as to pay bills and to raise the family and do all that kind of stuff. Are we right, right? He has given us that ability. <clears throat> Whether you're the ones that go into the labor force or you're the one that stays home and save all the money. Whichever way, God has given you that ability. Being responsible adults. Being responsible adults who are contributing to society helps us physically and psychologically to be healthy. Did you get that? Think about it. 
I know I use a 50 cent word psychologically, but think about it. Being able to be responsible to contribute helps us be physically and psychologically healthy. I would rather be working than sick at home. Yeah. I'd rather be feeling like I'm accomplishing something today than to not be able to because I feel so cruddy. When I, when I feel like I did accomplish something that day, it is mentally healthy for me. I feel like I accomplished something. But if I was so sick or so whatever that I couldn't, then that, that makes it even harder. Because mentally, now is with the physical and exhaustion. From day one, what we see is that God gave Adam responsibility. Genesis 2.15 tells us the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to what? Work it and keep it. That was not punishment. <laughs> there was no sin at this time. He created man and he put him in the garden to work it because it is beneficial for us to feel like that we are doing something with our life. It is beneficial to labor. It's beneficial to accomplish. It's beneficial to do things. <clears throat> Being productive was beneficial for Adam. Being productive brings tremendous benefit. You'll see this in your notes. To our physical and mental well-being. God made us that way. Everybody think about it. God, that's the way God wired you. That's the way he wired us. We, we need to feel like we are accomplishing something. But not stopping and recognizing that you are accomplishing something before the next six days starts back up is the reason why I think we have a society today that is so mentally weary, depressed, and just worn out. That's, that's, folks, that whole endless cycle without the break of that seventh day will mentally and physically begin to wear you down until you are just a fraction of who you really are. You're just exhausted. And the enemy likes it that way. It's okay to stop, pat yourself on the back, acknowledge you had a good week. Folks, a lot of people don't do that. They get to a certain point and then Monday's coming. And they look there and they don't ever stop at the end of the week and go, you know, this was a productive week. This was a good week. I got, I got the corn sowed or I got the, the job finished up and sent off, whatever. To stop and, and reflect and to see, man, it was a good week. I got some stuff done. Instead of, oh, I got so much I still got to do. You see a difference in the mentality there? We've sort of lost that one. And it's always what's on our plate. All the stuff that's coming. One of my favorite things about being a landscaper years ago was finishing a job and admiring it. You see, for me in landscaping, everything was in here. 
And so when I would get finished with a job and I would walk around and look at it and, and, and see that it went from imagination to reality and to say, wow, this looks good. Okay, maybe I strained myself. But it is beneficial to stop and to say, hey, I, I, I did something. I didn't just go to work. I produced good things while I was at work. We have a society that's completely different from that. It's so contrary. Just look, follow me. We have a restaurant called TGIF. Because the whole mentality of our society is, is we are working for the weekend. We, are, we, we can't wait till Friday when we can cancel out the whole week by partying with all of our friends. You got so many don't even acknowledge a weekend. It's just another day of work, another day of work, another day of work. You got people that collapse on the weekend. Exhausted. And from the moment that they sit down, they're dreading Monday. And then you got people that are so busy <laughs> over the weekend that they go from their work to such hectic, busy weekends that they don't catch their breath. Folks, that's our society. That's our society today. I want you to watch a video. I got a video. I want you to put that up there. That's our newest member of the family. His name is Jackson, nine months old, eight months old. Did you hear that noise? When I do that, he takes off. He don't know where he's going, but he's going to run. And every time he stops and looks at me, I go, and he looks like goes crazy all over again. Folks, we live in a society today where the enemy has figured out. Come on. And every time, every time you sort of think you might want to catch up, he goes, you got stuff on your plate. No rest for you. There's too much to do. The enemy wants us to go as fast and furious because you know what he knows? If he can keep us going, going, going all the time, keep us busy, then there is a great possibility that we will not stop and do some things that are very valuable for every one of us to do and should be done on a periodic basis. And that is to stop and be thankful. To refocus and get things clear. And then even maybe adjust because I don't want to do the same this week as last week. I want to do better. Do quality work, folks. Always give your best. Let your work be a reflection of the testimony of your love for Jesus Christ. So do good. But on the seventh day, rest. Come on, this is not that mean a sermon. It's not really mean at all. It's beneficial. On the seventh day, rest. Take a break. You might say, well, you know what? My boss won't like it. I got news for you. Your boss demands it. 
And Wednesday night, it was brought up the subject about electronics. You know, a lot of people nowadays think, well, rest is to flop in a chair and, and get on your, your phone or tablet or computer or whatever. Listen, electronics are not so much rest as stress. And if nothing else, they usually hold you back from being refreshed. So keep that in perspective. What we need to do is get it the way the Lord wanted. This was a verse that I, I totally botched in the first service, or at the beginning of the service. But 11, 28 in Matthew says, Come unto me, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Now, you, you look at that and think about it for just a moment. Come to me all who are weary. Everybody that's tired and, and just worked out. And I'll give you rest. So what is the invitation? What, what really is the invitation? Is the invitation to come. It's your seventh day. You need to binge watch TV. Is that the invitation? You need to sit down with your PlayStation and you need to kill stuff because that is really stress relieving. You need to surf. Surf the web. Find something to buy. Is that what he's inviting us to do? Come to me and watch TV? No, I don't think so. Maybe, oh, maybe, maybe come to me and go fishing. <laughs> come to me. It's not the same kind of, that's work. This is, this is honeydew jobs. Not the same. The reality of it is, is none of these things maybe are wrong. But do we use, those, use them as a way to not rest? Do we use them as an escape goat for the fact that we really are not doing what we are invited to do? Jesus is saying, come to me. Bring your weariness, bring your tired bodies and minds and just come into my presence and just relax and be with me. I got you. Because folks, he's got you. He's asking us to spend time with him. Let the anxieties be gone. <clears throat> I think there's something Jesus said that, I don't know how we put it in perspective, but, but it's not in here the way it needs to be in here. Jesus said, he said, God made the Sabbath for man. Sabbath for man. On the sixth day, God made man. On the seventh day, he made the Sabbath. He made the Sabbath for man. He made the Sabbath because he knew generation after generation for thousands of years that we would get that labor mentality going, whether it's because the harder I work, the more I get, or whether the harder I work, the the more pride I have in my life. Whatever it is, he knew we would get the labor part down. It's the rest part. In fact, when you read in the minor prophets, when you read like in the case of Nehemiah and all those, all those situations right there, what is one of the first things that they come in there and they look around and they go, what is going on here? You are totally breaking the Sabbath. No wonder you're not blessed. 
It's for us. The gift of the Sabbath. He gave it to man, woman, to slow us down. Because there's four things that can happen. And I messed up here with my R's. Because I did not realize that I sent you R blank, R blank, and didn't fill them in on my notes when I sent them. So I'm going to fill them in with you. Ready? The Sabbath is a gift to help us reflect. Folks, before you start back up, you need to reflect on what has been. It is in reflection that you will find thanksgiving. And we need more thanksgiving in our life. The second one, relax. Relax. Sabbath is a gift to help us relax. Third one is refresh. And the fourth one is to be restored. To restore our soul. In Psalms 23, there is this phrase. He restores my soul. Remember that in Psalms 23? How many of you are Psalms 23 fans? Anybody in here got it memorized? Okay, then if you do, then you, in front of he restores my soul are things like he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. What is that? What's that all about? Because you see, if there's not that, that, that green pasture and that still water, there's no restoring. There's no restoring. You can't go like this. You can't go like this. Here's what I figured out about God. He does not run me down to bless me. I never get up going, why'd you tackle me, God? Because I want to bless you. I want to give you some rest. Now, he might let me run until I get to the end of my leash and about want to pass out. And then say, <laughs> you know what's missing? Rest. The Lord wants to refresh our spirit. He wants to refresh our mind and our body. It is for your good that he says, you got to stop and you got to rest. It's for your good benefit <clears throat> I want to finish up yes I'm finishing up early nowadays it's amazing but Mark 631 look at this verse with me he said to them come away by yourselves to a secluded place and rest a while now this is Jesus I'm thinking Jesus was pretty busy in his three years three and a half years I'm going to think he was pretty busy and yet, in his busyness, the Bible says that he, he was always, always in the synagogue on, the, on his Sabbath. In his busy schedule, he fit it in. He was traveling, constantly moving around, ministering. If you've ever been involved in ministry, you know that ministry can, can deplete you. You're, you're, you're praying over people. You're listening to their needs. You're hurting with them. You're letting them cry on your shoulder. Whew. And yet, he's the one that looked at them and he said, you know what? Come away by yourselves. You need to get out of all of this and rest. I'm thinking he was pretty smart. I remember when I was in college. 
had a professor, one of my favorite. We were in an ethics class. And he took this verse, but he had it in the King James because when I was in college, King James was about all there was. And he was using the King James Version. And in the King James Version, it says something like, come apart. Come apart. And I'll never forget, he looked at us and he said, listen. He said, you have to balance your life in the ministry. Of course, this is the ethics class. And he said, you have to keep things in proper balance. And he said, I'm going to tell you something. I hope you never forget. And I never did. He said, if you don't listen to Jesus and come apart, you'll just come apart. And I leave that thought with you. If you don't come apart and rest a while, you will eventually just come apart. And the enemy will rejoice when you come apart. I look at our society today, and it literally is coming apart at the seams. And I'm just trying to be a voice saying, you know what? You can rest. You can rest. And if you're like me and you don't really know how to do that very well, let God help you because that's what I'm at. I felt like a hypocrite even preaching today because I'm not very good at resting. But you know what? I'm not telling you what I know. I'm telling you what the Bible says. We got to learn to rest. God has got it. He's got you.